This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Will Kane. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Greg Gutfeld. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. I'm John Saucier. Thanksgiving week. Good time to check in on our economy with so much activity going on this week. Millions of people moving around the country, going to see family, friends, and maybe even have some turkey. There have been a bunch of ups and downs in this American economy in 2023. And as we get closer to the end of the year, it's time to take stock of which way we're going. Right now, the economy is being held up mostly by consumption. That's about 70% of what generated a very large GDP number uh, in the last quarter. But that consumption is being mostly held up by the remainder of pandemic savings and by credit card borrowing, which has reached a trillion dollars. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. How much gravy do you have to spread around on this Thanksgiving? It's an economic episode today as we get into what's expected to be a busy and expensive holiday season. Maybe not quite as expensive as last year, but still difficult to navigate for Americans in all economic classes. We do have disinflation underway, but what we have found, and I calculate something called the Thanksgiving Cost Index, which includes six subcategories, turkey, sauces and gravies, bread, which are rolls and biscuits, fruit, vegetables, pies and cakes. We're speaking today with Peter Earle. He's an economist and author of American Institute for Economic Research's Everyday Price Index. And what we found is that despite the fact that uh, the, the, the prices are down from last year, uh, they're still up pretty substantially. The our Thanksgiving cost index rose 5.3 percent between October 2022 and October 2023. Uh, that's substantially less than the 17.8% increase that we saw from 21 to 22, but it's still a steeper increase than we've seen in, say, the uh, current uh, CPI and some other indices. So, uh, you know, the, when, when you have this inflation going on, such as we do now, um, it takes place, uh, it's not pervasive in terms of all the prices in the economy, and sometimes it's slower in some areas than other, and that's what we're seeing um, in some of these other areas. Okay, let's talk about specific areas because, I mean, I feel like everyone has had the same experience. They go to the grocery store and things are more expensive. The price of food, this is a really big one. We all need to eat, and it seems like it costs more than ever. We just mentioned Thanksgiving dinner there. Do you have any sort of forecast on when food prices might come down? Because it really is disheartening when you go to the grocery store and you're paying double of what you used to pay. I don't have any predictions uh, in that regard, but I do know that uh, that you know because food and energy are are, are commodities, and because they are you know their their prices are determined by any number of factors, not just demand from buyers, but also they're affected by everything from the price of labor to the prices of uh, certain uh, f- uh, 
fuels like uh, gasoline or, or oil, that type of thing. There's a lot of factors militating against their going down substantially. So, uh, I mean, there's always a question of whether when you have an inflationary updraft, you have prices that go up and come back down to the same level or whether they go up and they and they stay. And when they are when they're finally stabilized, they stabilize at a higher price level. The latter is unfortunately what I think we have here. I think we're going to have higher prices. And right now, all we can hope for is that the Fed can get uh, the price level to rising at that at that 2% level that they seem to uh, have an affinity for. So uh, I don't think we're going to see a lot of relief over the long term. It makes sense. How complicit are these companies, though, in this? Because you mentioned when prices go up, they deflate, but they're still higher than they were. I'm wondering, is that because of the economic conditions or is it because these companies are saying, hey, we can get someone to buy something for more than it was. Why would we lower the price when we're reaping these big profits? So it's an interesting question. And I have heard some anecdotal comments by some businesses who have said, you know, when your prices are going up, our prices are going up, too. So, uh Typically, the way we look at these things is when we look at it in terms of uh, different product, diff- different factor goods in society rising because of inflation, the ones that the rise first are the, the really heavy capital items like land, like commodities, that sort of thing. So very often, it, inflation is hitting producers before it's hitting consumers. The only reason I'm saying that is because, yes, there will be price increases, but some of it is opportunistic. I think most of it is just an attempt to remain profitable. And we can't really fault companies for wanting to remain profitable in the face of price hikes that they're not responsible for. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, it's a free market, so they can charge what they want. They can, the you know market conditions will determine how much consumers are willing to pay for them. So we get that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, things are just so much more expensive now that when you are one of the consumers, it is difficult. We're speaking today with Peter Earle. He's an economist. He's also author of American Institute for Economic Research's Everyday Price Index. You mentioned the Federal Reserve, Peter, and their 2% inflation target. The stock market's seen a nice little rally recently. The Fed kept rates unchanged at the last meeting. How do you see this playing out in the future? I mean, uh, today I read a report that they might not drop rates until May. Is this all really dependent on the inflation number or do you think they have a plan? No, it's it's incredibly uh, dependent upon whatever comes down the pipe next. So there's been broad moderation in inflation measures, and those those levels that we've seen over the last couple of months have been generally consistent with the Fed's objectives. Um, when the last inflation number came out, the CPI numbers, the market implied chances of another Fed hike dropped to less than 10%, another Fed hike before the end of 2023, that right. is. So uh, so it doesn't look like the Fed is going to be especially inclined uh, to, to hike. But, I mean, uh, the fact is that we have to watch things like, uh, like like the upcoming CPI numbers and also their preferred measurement index, which is the personal consumption expenditure price index. So um, we, we're seeing right now a positive state of affairs in, dis, in the disinflationary trend, but um, there are going to be challenges and uncertainties persistent. Uh, we're going to see some prices rise again. I think that the last two miles, if you will, from the 3.5% to the 2% area is going to be a long and uh, winding road. As we approach the end of 2023, we're taking a look at where our economy is after what seemed like a tumultuous year. Could next year stretch our wallets even thinner? Our guest today is economist Peter Earle of the American Institute for Economic Research. As we're heading into an election year, we're going to take a look at how President Biden has performed when it comes to the economy and whether so-called Bidenomics are a good thing or not. You don't need to talk politics at the Thanksgiving table because we'll do it for you next. Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And also, throw in this factor too, Peter, we're coming up on an election year in 2024. And one of the key themes from one of the candidates, we're talking about President Joe Biden, is Bidenomics. This is something that was originally tossed at him as an insult. His campaign grabbed it, decided to run with it. We've heard from President Biden so many times. He wants to build an economy from bottom up, middle out. How do you think that's working so far? Do you do you see that model actually coming to fruition here? It's very difficult for me to see what Bidenomics actually stands for. I mean, if I were to say, if someone were to come to me and say, tell me what the prominent, if you were to guess what the prominent features of Bidenomics were, I would say, okay, I can pick out two things. One is very heavy uh, subsidy, subsidying uh, uh, provided to, to to businesses to build things, even if there's no market demand for them. And I'm talking specifically about three uh, legislative undertakings, the infrastructure, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, the Chips and Science Act, and the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which has very little to do with reducing inflation. The other would have to be heavy the uh, regulation. I mean, we've seen the expansion of a lot of regulations. I'm not sure if we're at a record, but it's been a huge expansion of the Federal Register. So um, if there are two characteristics of Bidenomics, it's, uh, you know, providing huge fiscal stimuli to businesses and uh, and this heavy uh, regulatory uh, uh, regime. And I don't think either of those are especially good for growth. They may be in the short term, but to the extent that they're not based, predicated on, you know, businesses curve, serving consumers and uh, price competition, all that sort of thing, I don't think they're, they're going to last very long. The question, I guess, is always, will it get them past the next election? The answer is maybe. Right. And that's something that does remain to be seen. As with 2024, I mentioned the election year. But there's a number of economic headwinds going into 24. Obviously, there's inflation as well, but consumer spending is way up. I'm looking at credit card debt. That's a little bit scary as well with just how much credit card debt Americans are racking up right now with this spending and with the fact things cost so much more. Very volatile stock market this year in 2023. What are your economic outlooks for 24? Do you see things getting better? Is it too early to tell? I see the U.S. entering a recession by September of 2024. Now, the severity of that recession is not something I care to weigh on because I simply don't know. But what I do see is that right now, the economy is being held up mostly by consumption. That's about 70% of what generated a very large GDP number uh, in the last quarter. But that consumption is being mostly held up by the remainder of pandemic savings and by um, credit card borrowing, which has reached a trillion dollars. And actually, the last Federal Reserve senior loan officer survey showed that credit is contracting. We know that from the from, from our numbers in the money stock, but actual commercial credit is contracting. So once the consumers are out of the market, uh, I don't see a lot holding this economy up. Now, again, I'm not forecasting a, a depression or uh, any sort of apocalypse, but I definitely think that we are in for a slowdown. Um, we can see in certain data that the uh, that that the 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 consumers are also increasingly beleaguered. There's financial fragility out there. We had a record number of people who have uh, two jobs in the last uh, report. Um, eight of the nine 
Last monthly U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reports have been revised downward. Um, there's a lot of negative news out there. Now, the question is always, how do we get through this? If, you know, we have a recession and a slowdown and, uh, you know, government sort of lets the, the market heal itself and th there to be this sort of redistribution of, of assets and this reallocation of assets according to, to, to market uh, preferences, that's fine. If they interfere and they start providing all sorts of, uh, you know, supportive measures and that sort of thing and distort the markets, it could take a lo lot longer to get out from under it. So, um, yeah, firms are struggling to pass along cost pressures, and uh, we see some bad things in the market. We have the most mega bankruptcies um, this year uh, since 2005. Those are bankruptcies of firms worth a billion dollars or more. A couple of major public companies are showing some some negative earnings. So um, there's a clear deterioration in the economic fundamentals. But how long it takes to get through them depends upon how much the market's allowed to work versus how much interference we get from state and federal governmental entities. You mentioned consumption. I'm just curious, when it comes to your Thanksgiving turkey, are you a white meat or a dark meat guy? <laughs> this year, I think we're going to do something relaxed, and instead we're going to save that for uh, for the uh, for the Christmas dinner. Okay, tell me you're at least going to have dessert, though. Pumpkin pie on the menu at your house? Yes, oh, absolutely. Got to have the pumpkin pie. Okay, cool. If we had pizza, it would be pumpkin pie, right? No, absolutely. Peter Earl, thanks for slicing up this pie. The Economist and author of American Institute for Economic Research's Everyday Price Index. Great conversation. Thanks for being with us on the Fox News Run Now in Evening Edition. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.